Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And before we even fucking get started, let me tell y'all, get your fucking notebooks out, get your pens, get your notepad ready on whatever your notes app on your phone, whatever. Because you're going to need to write shit down today. I just want y'all to know. Because I'm coming with this energy today. And y'all need to write shit down. Or maybe, you know, it, with, considering my energy, maybe you need to go find a number to a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I'm just very direct and honest. And it could be a little dark sometimes. But before we do that, we're going to do our check-ins, boo. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, definitely feeling a little bit overwhelmed with all of the work that I have to get done. But my body and my brain are like, do whatever the fuck you want. So we're here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but overall, I feel good. Like, I'm in good spirits. Um, you know, definitely being a bit more mindful of where of where I'm at and how I'm feeling. But, you know, like, today is just one of those days. I'm not sure why. Um, I don't know. I just feel good. I'm going to just run with that. I'm not going to question it. If I felt sad, I'd know it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is, we. I, oh, my God. So this is the bad side about how we show up sometimes because we're so used to, like, analyzing things. And uh, sometimes we just got to live in the present and let things be. And that's something that I'm also struggling with like yo lately the minute that I find myself enjoying something it's almost like my breath stops and I'm like is this real (laughs) like I and that's trauma yeah no I think like there's a part of me that's like shit like I have been more I think I needed to check myself like I have been more mindful I've been very good lately at understanding how I feel or checking in with myself about how I feel so then now that I felt good I'm like have I really checked in so I agree with you sometimes we kind of like Mm-hmm. you're you're kind of playing double dutch like am i sure am i not sure am i going in i don't you know like uh, am i not going yeah. in and um but no like i was like no nah, i genuinely feel good i'm wrong with it and i know that if okay. there was something bigger happening that i would be aware so i'm a, so yeah i love that i love that that's where i want to be um so because of my reactions that i've been having lately recently crystal saw a very very different side of me and I I noticed today when we logged on that I see you differently because you saw this very vulnerable side of me. And it's not a bad thing. It's It feels a little exposed, right? So I'm feeling exposed a little bit right now because mm-hmm. I showed up like a little girl in pain to her. Um, and, you know, there's a level of shame and stuff that comes along with that. But I, I and I really logically am trying to push through that. And I... The reason I wanted to bring it up in the check-in is not because, oh, now I'm feeling this thing and people need to know. It's What I want people to know is I'm feeling this thing, but at the same time, because she saw that side of me, 
I feel closer to you, Crystal. Well, thank you for, well, thank you for being so kind with your words and acknowledging me. And I didn't see you as a little girl. I think I've, you know, also recently had my own breakdown moment. So I, or moments where I've wanted to just very freely show up in the ways that you have. So I think like, it was almost like, it it pained me a lot to see you in pain because I'm very empathetic. So I, I didn't like to see you like that. Um, but not because I was like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. But like, oh my gosh, like I feel the pain that you're, you're in and I see it. Uh, and at the same time, I'm like, wow, like that's so powerful too, like to show up in that way to like, just exist. And you know, like how often in life have we not had that opportunity to just show up in very vulnerable ways, very emotional ways, and not be judged or told to shut down. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for me, it was kind of like, one, a moment for me to show up in a way that showed that I cared, but also too to say like, okay, like you, this is an opportunity for me to even learn too, like that, that it's okay mm-hmm. to show up in this way. So that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. It's literally the whole premise of this podcast, what they never told us. Crystal and I are basically going to be talking about the things that we wish we were told when we were younger in order to help us more now, right? In, in our adult lives. So We started this podcast because we both come from upbringings and backgrounds where we weren't given proper tools to maneuver this thing called life. In my opinion, what we have in common is at one point we thought there was a right way, uh, but then you get older and you recognize pretty quickly that you're not equipped with the necessary tools to actually cope the right way or be healthy. And then you're like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Because I, this is not what I was taught. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, at least, I think that this podcast has been help for me to also become more conscious of what I wasn't told. Okay, so Chris was not in her, she hurt too. So on one end, it does help us self-reflect and it does give us a lot of value. But I think a lot of us, and what I mean by us is whoever wants to listen to this, whoever is loyal, um, you just had a lot of people out here who grew up or are growing up in environments with people who lack those same necessary skills that both her and I have recognized that we are looking for right now in the moment. Sometimes it takes one person to notice that there's something very wrong with what we've all become accustomed to in our families, our friends, culturally speaking. And that person's choice to speak out or like recognize like, yo, something has to change, can alter that cycle. Like it shifts the course to a more stable and healthier route, therefore helping to build the groundwork necessary for those to come. So today we are going to be talking about what we wish we were told, because I do believe in my heart that there are a lot of people in the world trying to figure out the same things. I don't believe anyone has to do it alone, which is why we do this. Uh, My only hope, and I know Crystal's only hope, is that someone listens to this and takes it in, feels like they have permission to ask for something different than what they've been receiving, or make a change knowing that there is something positive on the other end of fear. (laughs) Promise it's there. We always do say this, This work is not easy. It's difficult and, quite frankly, a fucking pain in my ass. But if we don't go through this process, then we stay stuck and it just keeps being repeated. We know better, so we are trying to do better. And all we ask of our listeners is to do the same. We invite you to reach out, start building community, because in reality, no one has it fully together. And the more people you have supporting each other, the closer we all get in figuring out what we were never told to hopefully be at peace. Yes. So 
with that very beautiful <laughs> intro said, <laughs> we're going to start off with what are some of the lessons that we learned the hard way or things that we found out on our own? So for me, the first one that came to mind was liking yourself and loving yourself are not the same thing. Let me explain. So liking yourself, for me, it's more so when you enjoy your personality, how you show up. So like, I'm super silly. I crack jokes. I make people laugh. I'm always extra. My goodness. I am a Leo through and through in that regard. Uh, (laughs) I don't love myself when I don't show up perfectly. I definitely beat myself up about it. Uh, I don't advocate for myself as much as I should. I just recently learned to start setting boundaries. Um, A lot of times, like, I believe I deserve less than other people, and I show up in those ways. I ask for less than people. I take up very little space. I make myself small for other people's comfort. Um, So that's not loving yourself. Like, loving yourself is valuing yourself, understanding your worth, when you show up as a, uh, at 100%, you feel the same as you show up when you're like at 50%, right? Because you know that no matter what, how you showed up, you're still worth everything that, that you deserve. So yeah, loving yourself is putting your needs first. It's being compassionate, understanding, patient, giving yourself grace, and putting your needs first, not in a selfish way, but in a way that um, makes you understand and makes others understand your worth. I always, like what I heard and like something that I always practice and like recognizing that I don't love myself to be quite frank, and it's not funny. That's just a defense mechanism. Um, um, is all those things that you listed, I'm like, sure, everybody deserves that, right? Like when you think about a regular person, you're like, they deserve that. But then mm-hmm. when you put it on you, you're like, no, I don't because I didn't show up X, Y, Z, right? Or like to your mm-hmm. explanation that you didn't show up perfectly, right? And then... I wanted to, and this actually goes into what I thought was most important that I wish I was told. Um, You said you, there was like a little disclaimer about being selfish, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that's exactly how we ended up not loving ourselves because we Mm. were taught that us taking up space is being selfish, right? And it's so interesting because the first thing that I put on my list and the most important to me is it is okay to take up space. And there's levels to this, right? So what I mean by that is it relates to the love part of of what Crystal is saying, because it's okay to be you, right? Because you love Mm -hmm. yourself. It's okay to show up as you and have people tolerate you, hold space for what it is you're bringing to the table without criticizing Mm -hmm. and or making you feel wrong for being you. So this is very personal to me. And there are three ways in my mind that you can take up space. One is mentally. Uh, the second is emotionally, and the third is physically. I can explain a little bit more to my process as to why I don't take up space. So mentally, in my mind and how I see myself in relation to the world, like I was always made to be smaller than what I really am, and I started believing it, and I promise you to this day, I still do. So I would hear things like, you'll never be up to my level. I remember... I was always old enough to do certain things like chores and to do school by myself and to be responsible, but never old enough for the things that I wanted. Right. So, yeah, in my mind, mentally, these words and actions, they got internalized, whether I was aware of it or not. 
And they play themselves out within the words that I use to describe myself and how I, how I decide the roles that I'm going to play out in people's lives with in relation to my sense of self, right? So emotionally, I really do believe that everyone deserves a right to their own feelings, even if other people may not understand them. And I definitely lacked that in the environment that I was growing up because no one communicated in a healthy way. And a lot of us don't. And I'm not giving it a pass. I just understand that this is a, this is a thing, right? This is the world we come from. In turn, I got invalidated. Um, I remember feeling like I was strange for having feelings or having an emotional reaction because this is just my baseline, right? So, for example, I remember being ignored for having feelings. Like sometimes people just wouldn't even pay mind to me and that's sending an indirect message. Being criticized Mm -hmm. for crying and I know all my Latinx folks can relate to this. Why are you crying? I'm going to give you a reason to cry as if my reason to cry. and i'm mad about it now i'm actually mad about it um so what it does is it sets up a comparison in your mind of like there's one way that's better of experiencing feelings over the other right and then you start feeling like there's something wrong with you and then you start thinking of it in a hierarchy and then if you're below over something that's better you're not good enough and this is why crystal always wanted to show up perfect Mm-hmm. So do you see how these things connect? Like, ugh, I'm, st- I'm getting angry as I speak. So the last one is physical. And this has a lot to do with how you're treated in relation to your body, right? Anyone who's experienced physical or sexual abuse or when just their physical boundaries are, are being crossed, they're going to have issues with taking up space physically, even if it means when you're on the fucking train uh, and it's like packed and, you know, you, you want to be comfortable, but then you get out of the way for somebody else. You are putting yourself last because you were taught indirectly to start putting yourself last. Um, so like I, for example, I used to get hit a lot, like not just like a little pow pow on the, ma- on, uh, I was going to say on the mano, uh, <laughs> on the hands. No, <laughs> I used to, my mom was, my mom was, um, intense when I was little and I know she, she, she she went through a lot too and I she didn't know any better but like I remember things like mopping right mind you the mop was fucking taller than me and she would come home and go crazy that I didn't do it the right way mind you I'm not old enough I'm not old enough to to even handle my body properly and and understand how to move myself and instead of getting validated for trying it wasn't good enough and if it wasn't up to her standard or if the house was too messy I would get hit Right. So like if you really think about the messages being sent to you within like the mental, emotional and physical spaces of yourself and you think about how you're showing up, it's no fucking wonder that now it's very hard for me to take up space. And I think and I I so desperately wish that someone would have came in. I wish that I this is what I wish. I wish that I would have been able to come and sat little Sachita down and told her mm-hmm. and tell her this is OK. This is how you're good. These people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, you got me stressed. (laughs) How you got me taking notes on my own fucking podcast? What the fuck? (laughs) You have to send me your notes after this. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. You got me stressed like, oh shit. Oh my God, I don't take up space. Not that I didn't know that, but uh, the (laughs) breakdown... I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. 
don't be sorry. No, this was good. You didn't see me. I had my hand on my head. I was like, let me hold my head up because it can't handle what's coming in right now. <laughs> I told y'all to get your notes out, okay? That's what I said. I said what I said, all right? Y'all better y'all better hit rewind and get your fucking notebooks if you don't already. Uh, but no, that that hit me very close to home and I think that it's because of my next lesson which is trauma will seep into all areas of your life no matter how hard you try to escape it no matter how successful in life you are it's subtle yet obvious it's sneaky it's pervasive Trauma is so many things, but one thing that is not, it is not inescapable. Like, you cannot get away from it. Um, And it'll stay with you whether you're aware of it or not. So, even in the ways that Sasha was speaking about taking up space, right? Like, even something as subtle as making room for people on the train, yet not taking up space, for yourself right like that like that's something that you don't even really like think about or consider it's in your dreams it's in your anxiety it's in your inability to be motivated it's in you feeling stuck it's in the lackluster relationships that you have but you can't explain why they are that way it's Mm. the dark cloud that looms over your head all the time you're just like what the fuck like you just think like life sucks like life is always gonna be gloom and doom right It's the inexplicable tears that come out of nowhere when you just had a huge success that you should be happy about. And they're not happy tears, right? It's the Mm -hmm. empty feeling in your chest. It's the way you can never put your finger on it, but you know something's wrong. So I say that to say the sooner you have the courage to address your trauma, the better off for it you will be. Um, I understand trauma is scary. Take it from someone who 20 years later is, you know, just started uh, to address uh, their traumas from when they were a a child. So I I understand. Um, I understand if you don't feel truly ready to heal. And I, I know that you can heal at any age. But the sooner, like if you're listening right now, the sooner that you can dive deep into what your traumas are, begin that healing process. Even if you start slow, the better off you will be. Talk to your friends, talk to someone you trust, talk to a family member. If you're just in the contemplation stages of like, what should I do? I don't feel okay. I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm scared. Talk to somebody. Um, And you will thank us later if you listen to this podcast and hear us every week talk about like, do the work, do the work, do the work. I mean, absolutely. I that's that's actually some, it relates to something that was on that I put on my list. Be physical, mm-hmm. and it, it relates to what I said, and it also relates to what you said, right? Because trauma lives in the body, mm-hmm. and when you decide, and I really wish that somebody would have taken me aside and said, "I know you're gonna feel ashamed, and you're gonna feel like you're not doing the sport right, or that you're not good, but you just push through it, right?" I really wish somebody would have came up to me and and said that because. I, I love working out. I love being active. And if I would have started that when I was younger, I really do feel I would have had more of, uh, autonomy over my physical self mm-hmm. and therefore kind of create these, these structures in my mind of, 
oh, I can do this, right? Because I know that I'm good at X, Y, Z. I know that I'm strong in this way. Look at me progress in this area, right? Like that builds self-esteem, that creates a good sense of self. And I think that we undermine being physical because of the fact that being physical now relates to you having a nice body and being aesthetically pleasing Mm -hmm. to the world, right? But what it does actually is it it helps you create a sense of yourself um, and it helps you recognize when things are off in you. Right. If you don't know your feelings, you know, your body well enough to be like, yo, something's up. Right. It creates this mind body connection in public school. Phys ed is a damn joke. And the fact that we are being robbed of these things. And I say robbed because I really I feel very strongly of this. And like there's not enough money being put into this. And then somehow it's like it's a vicious ass cycle. And we're all kind of being, in my opinion, coerced into having less and less activity in our lives. Like how are you supposed to learn the physical boundaries with your own self? How are you supposed to relieve some of that trauma? You know, like animals, when they experience traumatic situations, um, if you ever see a dog that gets scared, watch it. It's going to shake. That shaking is it resetting its nervous system back mm-hmm. to baseline. When do we get that opportunity to? So I think being physical is something I really wish I was told to do or encouraged to do. Yeah. So two things. One, I definitely saw someone tweet like, damn, I hate y'all for being right about eating healthy and exercising. And it's true. <laughs> it is true. Um, that That's the case because I feel the same way. I've been eating a lot healthier and exercising and I feel so much better. And it does segue uh, what you said into what I was saying, that the body truly does keep the score. Um, It does not forget easily and it talks to you all of the time. And like Sasha says, if you are someone that can get physical, can get in tune with your body, you'll be better able to listen to it um, because it does speak to you. So yeah, so just be mindful of little changes in your body. Sometimes it's we feel something in the pit of our stomach. We stop breathing normally. Um, I noticed uh, recently... uh, in a situation where I felt unsafe, emotionally unsafe, not physically unsafe, I stopped breathing. And I had to like, I kept like, because I, I realized mm-hmm. that my body was holding its breath because it was so scared. Like my, you know, similar to what Sasha was saying, like my nerves, like my nervous system was activated and it was holding its breath, like waiting for something to happen. Even though I wasn't physically unsafe, I was just feeling emotionally unsafe. The body prepares itself for an attack and that was what Mm -hmm. my body uh was doing so you know like if your back gets tense your jaw is tight these very little subtle things and also sometimes like even if you just feel a little tired in the body and things like that just be mindful of what that is because it can be it can be something bigger um and it might be time for you to like do some yoga, some meditation, some exercise, like Sasha said, make sure you feel connected to your body. Make sure that you feel like you and your body are one. If you think that for a second that you're a little bit disconnected, it might be time to tune in. Yes. And like, as I, as I'm speaking, I'm finding myself kind of get riled up. And I think that if you've been listening, you know, like how my voice fluctuates and you can kind of tell what I'm feeling, but like, I'm, I'm pissed off. Yo, I'm pissed the fuck off that we weren't told these things and even though my heart's in the right place to inform others I know it is 
yo, I'm still fucking mad. And even though it, I got something good out of it, I'm still fucking mad. I am. And that's my next one. I wish somebody would have like came to me and said, yo, it is okay to feel angry. Um, not only did my feelings get invalidated, but like when I had an expression of those feelings, I would also get invalidated because I had a smart ass mouth when I was little. I remember being smacked in the face all the time. And it's interesting because my anger didn't go, my anger didn't go within myself officially until I must've been like 26, 27, where I felt like, all right, Sasha, you, you really are a problem. I, I caved in and I was like, you must be an issue. I think that everything that Crystal and I have been talking about so far, it creates anger because you you get mad, you get like, and that's okay. And I, and I want to validate that for Crystal and I, and for anybody else who needs to hear it, because when you're slowly conditioned to put your anger inward, what that does is it creates depression. <laughs> that's what it is. Depression is an internal experience of your emotions. And you can't let it out. And like, and then you start fighting your own self. And then you start feeling uh-huh. like, okay, I can't express this anger. And then you take that anger out on your own self. And that's why you're a fucking bitch to you. To you. you ever stop and think like, yo, I'm mean to myself. But how, how come? Yeah, you- and, and right now I feel like, bitch, mind your business. Because why are you telling people <laughs> about my life? So this is me getting my anger out. <laughs> I mean, you know. And then it becomes something that you become like embarrassed of and you feel shame about. Mm-hmm. And then you watch, and then, oh, this is the best part. When you watch people in your life take up that space and get angry themselves, and then you become resentful for it. And then you feel even more like a shitty person. Like, yo, why do I feel so angry that they just took up space? That they're expressing mm-hmm. their anger, right? And then it becomes so, com- it's so convoluted and complex. And, and all you really need to do is acknowledge the anger and be allowed to to show it and talk it through. And that's it. You wouldn't have this horrible process that I've had. I've literally had my whole life. But because I wasn't told that anger is an okay emotion, because I thought, I just like Crystal, I had to show up perfect and happy and nice and kind and loving. And this is how people are going to love me. Like, no, you know what? Fuck you. You're going to love my anger, too. <laughs> I know that's motherfucking right. <laughs> yes so besides you telling everybody my business um (laughs) uh I do want to say that uh for me another thing I wish uh, I was told is that it's okay to go at your own pace don't fight where you're at because it will prolong the pain and agony and why do I say that it's uh, a lesson learned I always felt like I'm supposed to be you know I'm this age so I'm supposed to be married I'm this age so I'm supposed to do this I'm supposed to be making this much money and in addition to just like the things that we didn't achieve it's also just other things like oh I should have known better um, than to react in this way. I should have healed from my trauma sooner. I should have done this, or I should have done that, or I should be here, I should be there. Whenever you're saying should, take a moment to pause, right? Because a lot of times when I, and I am speaking obviously from personal experience, when I've had situations where I'm like, oh, you know, I should be doing this, and then I go into it without really examining why did I think I should be doing it, why wasn't I 
able to achieve whatever it is that I think I'm supposed to be achieving in the first place, right? Like what's actually holding me back from this process? I go into things blind. I make mistakes. It feels difficult. It feels challenging. And then I beat myself up over it. And it's like this self-fulfilling like prophecy, this circle of I should be doing this, um, but I, I can't do this. Why can't I do this? Because I haven't explored the things that I need to explore in order to achieve whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And then I beat myself up for it. And then I, I stay stuck. Instead of moving forward, I got I get caught up in all of the things that I didn't do. So I want everyone to just be mindful that it's okay to be where you're at, um, even if it's not where you want to be. Instead of fighting yourself to achieve whatever the next thing is, take a moment to breathe, acknowledge where you are, be compassionate with yourself, and do the work at the pace that feels best to you. So you can get to where you want to be. You know, I'm listening to you. And the next one, if I say this without this uh, disclaimer, people are going to be like, oh, they totally planned this. But I have one of the important ones on my list is there's a difference between reaching your goal and going through your process. Mm. I wish somebody would have fucking embedded that shit into me, because I think that that's part of the reason that we get tripped up in it should look this way and it should be this Uh way right because we have expectations of what the end result should look like and we're not out here looking at everything else we've come across in trying to reach our goals and I really wish that somebody would have told me that because I think that it, it connects to this idea of trust so not only do I don't trust myself to show up correctly right now I don't trust myself to know what it is that's good for me. And if it doesn't look a certain way, I must have been fucking wrong. Now I talk to myself. I'm like, look, you don't know anything. You fucked up. You can't make decisions, not even for your own self. And in reality, it's it's not that you're messing up. It's just that the process looks very different from the goal which you had imagined in your mind. And there's this huge disconnect when you start thinking about yourself and your success with regards to the goal and meeting it. And then the process, right? And then on top of everything, when you get the goal, when you actually attain it, it feels very empty. And it feels empty because you didn't notice how you got there. Right. And then you think like, all right, well, it's just the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you just live life. Um, Because one of my my, uh, other ones was going to be like, there's a difference between surviving, existing, and thriving. And that reminds Mm. me of like the existing phase. You're just existing. Like, you're not being mindful. You're not showing up. You're not present. Um, you're just kind of going through the motions of life as opposed to being engaged in where you are and and thriving and enjoying the process and being in it with yourself through the good and the bad. And, that, and you may be thriving in the eyes of others, but if, mm-hmm. how are you thriving if you're not feeling it? Bitch, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and that's, <laughs> um, and that's, uh, and th- yes, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that also, um, a lot of thriving because right now I feel like I'm finally hitting the thriving stage of my life, like chugga chugga choo choo, bitch, this train left the station, <laughs> like y'all better catch the fuck up, okay. <laughs> Chugga chugga choo choo, bitch. Okay. <laughs> like, that has to be fucking trademarked. Like, 
So I say that to say, like, right now, I am not in a great place, right? Like, I'm definitely going through some, like, my ego's taking a big old hit. Like, I'm like, ooh, uh, didn't expect that to happen. Um, I'm working through this core message of not feeling good enough. But when I tell you, like, and, and on the outside, it definitely seems like, all right, bitch, like, you doing all right. But when I tell you I feel good because I feel like I'm coming into who I am supposed to be, like, I feel like the real crystal is, like, peeking out, like, Mm -hmm. the door is open, I'm looking through, I'm like, okay, like, I see you, girl, like, yes, you know, like, it's coming together in a way that feels good to me. And even though I'm working through some difficult times, I know that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And that I'm working towards it. And all of the ups and downs are a part of the process. And I've accepted it. Whereas before, I felt like I was in this place of existing where it was like, I was aware of things. I was smart. I was reading. And I was I was doing all of these things. But I, I was too afraid to really step into the darkness and all of the things that I needed to resolve so I was just kind of like it was almost like I'm just floating in the water instead of like going for a swim and and I there's already too many analogies in this but y'all know what I'm talking about and it relates to this one that I put on my list that happiness isn't a thing and let hear me out here I am assuming for all of us because I think that the idea even when we were little kids, Crystal, was to go to college, get a career, get a, a wife, a, a wife or a husband and kids and, you know, do all that and you're going to be happy. Yo, that is some fucking bullshit. Like, I really, and I think I always understood it because I saw my life. <laughs> like, I was like, my life isn't like that. I don't think this is what it is. But I, I wish that somebody would have, like, really came and told me, like, listen, this is going to be way more complex, way more difficult just it's going to look so different and you're going to have to start appreciating the moments that you are on a happy high, right? Mm-hmm. And take them in, but don't expect them to be a forever constant, right? Because to me, what I think what we're all really looking for is a peace or a satisfaction mm-hmm. with ourselves and not necessarily this state of elation where I'm so happy, I'm so this, I'm so that. And it goes back to you know how you think things should look. And but this, I do think that happiness gets embedded within us culturally, at least in American culture, way too fucking much. Mm-hmm. And it, it's something that could trip you up as an adult because then you feel like I'm not appreciating this, or you keep striving to find the next thing, like you had mentioned earlier. Right. And I think that people forget that happiness is an emotion like sadness, like anger, like surprise, right? Like you don't expect any of those emotions to last a long time like they come and they go you they come you experience it and they leave and then the next emotion comes you experience it and you leave and that's the same with happiness like it's not something that's forever but I agree like it's supposed to be like this happily ever after and everything's supposed to be rainbows and butterflies and um yeah I agree happiness is definitely not a thing um I definitely now strive for more inner peace um so So another lesson that I have learned, uh, which helps in doing the work and kind of relates a little bit to something that Sasha said earlier when she was talking about anger, what we don't like in others, 
is usually what we don't like in ourselves. Mm, that's good. Yes. So what do I mean by that? Um, I'm going to give a couple of examples. So I have this one person in my life who I'm very kind to them, but deep down inside, I feel like they're rubbing against my spirit. And I was like, Sasha called me out. She was like, I don't think you like this person. And I'm like, I know I don't like this person. (laughs) And I was like, why don't I like this person? And I was thinking to myself, like, what is it about this person that annoys you? Because really, they were just pissing me off. They always assume that I care, like, about their feelings and they, they talk about things and they, like, prioritize themselves. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. That's what you don't like. You don't like that they prioritize themselves and you don't like the fact that you don't fucking do that. So it really yep. wasn't that I didn't like this person in terms of, like, you know they were a bad they're they're a good person but something w- about them was rubbing up against my spirit and it was something that i was lacking in myself just another quick example of that of that phenomenon but maybe looks a little bit different i had an old coworker who was always so negative and i was like stop being so negative like why are you so negative and i mean granted negative people will bring down the mood anywhere but I had to also like realize internally that I was being very negative as well and I think that that's why it was rubbing up against me so much because I was like they always see the bad in things and I was like I always see and expect the worst in everything Mm. and I was like I need to change my attitude because this is a this is me looking into the mirror right now, and I don't like it. So how do I change it? That reminds me of something that I do wish I was told a little more often, and I think that we hear it a lot. But and we it, it's very it becomes it's become very watered down, and we all think we're like so fucking resilient when half of us can't even handle going through a pandemic. Because look at that fact that we lost toilet paper like because people got so scared, and that relates to being comfortable with being uncomfortable right Mm. so when you start to notice discomfort like things that crystal has been is like what she's talking about which are oh i don't fucking like this person start to instead of like canceling that person out and saying like y'all don't fucking like them and that's it right because a lot Mm -hmm. of us do that right now and then we don't even like like look into our our own selves which is the uncomfortable part to say why don't i like this person why Mm -hmm. am i rejecting them and you should, right? Because if you're out here calling yourself a nice person and then you're just canceling people out just because, it, there's a mismatch. There's a complete mismatch. You're not who you say you are. Start to become comfortable with that and start to look into yourself and say, okay, what is it in me that's coming up that I don't like this person? What is happening inside of me, right? And like when you actually put the mirror to yourself, that shit gets very uncomfortable and it's going to hurt sometimes and you're not going to want to look at what you see. So A, I applaud you, Crystal, for for looking at yourself because that's something that I do as well. Um, But I also know that it took me a very long time to not be a hating ass bitch. Because when I was in college, I remember being a hating ass bitch. I had envy in me and it took me time to undo that. Yes. No, that is that is so true. Envy is such an interesting emotion because I feel like the second you feel it, you that that's the clue. Envy is the number one sign 
to look inward because mm-hmm. it's not about the other person it is about you also don't be petty but i know that's hard for y'all um <laughs> not our listeners though <laughs> listen they're out here trying to be better that's true that's true <laughs> speaking of petty you're not gonna like this one sasha i'm a petty buddy let's go <laughs> So the next one that I have is your parents could have done the best they could with what was available to them and still have completely fucked up the assignment, you being the assignment. Um, it's hard uh, some it's hard for our parents to realize the ways that they were lackluster in the way that they showed up um, mm. as parents, for lack of a better term. Because, um, you know, like, imagine taking the test, thinking you aced it, and then you find out you failed. Like, that's that's a hard pill to swallow, right? I want to acknowledge that your parents could have fucked up. They might not want to acknowledge it. And that is not okay. But for your own sake, do the work of understanding the dynamics, the ways that they have failed you, and find a way to reparent yourself and forgive them for your own sake. And I and I say this as someone who's still in that process. I, I'm not like the person at the other end, like, it's rainbows and butterflies over here. Come on over to this side. But I, I wanted to say that this is a very complex dynamic of understanding how your parents failed you and having to do the work for yourself because it's like first of all you fucked up second of all I have to deal with it and third of all I gotta be the bigger person too Hmm? and like forgive you and do better for myself like you asking for too much it feels and, and and it is it is asking for too much but you're worth doing the work to get through that pain and uh, find yourself in a better place on the other side. Okay. So I, I, you're right. I don't like this one too much, but the only reason I don't, I'm not a big fan of it is because I think there's so much more that comes with it. I think we should approach this on a scale, right? Like there's levels to this. It's not just, okay, your parents fucked up. Okay. You had to bear the burden of it. Okay, now you're an adult and you are responsible for helping your own self while maintaining the relationship with them. I think that parents... Oh, maintaining the relationship with them is optional. Just FYI. Okay, cool. So we are on the same page, right? Uh, I think <laughs> yeah, that parents... Hold on. That, that was... I, I apologize for not being clear. <laughs> so what I will say is that you can have compassion for those who have hurt you. But then there's a hard line where you just have to say, fuck you, because Mm -hmm. there's a level of hurt that can't be undone. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you know that that's the case for you, I'm going to respect it. I'm going to validate it because that's probably something that wasn't given to you when you were younger. Right. I think that our parents also come from backgrounds where they weren't given this, these, these tools and they didn't know better. But when we start to rationalize it and say, okay, they didn't know any better, we're therefore invalidating ourselves again. So it's Mm -hmm. a process in recognizing that I'm going to validate that anger that I spoke about. And I'm also going to have compassion for the person who didn't know any better for for themselves or for me. Mm 
but then this actually brings the, so the, the next level brings me to my next point where if you had parents who absolutely obliterated your boundaries and you know what I'm talking about, if you are that, that person, blood is not thicker than water. I wish somebody would have fucking told me that because when we grow up with this idea of, Oh, blood is thicker than water. They're my family. I have to be loyal. This is my parent. This is them. Of course. And, and they keep hurting you. You're just placed in a situation where you're going to constantly be put last. You're not helping yourself and you're not learning anything good for you. You're going to keep, you're going to end up continuous. You're going to end up creating relationships that either look that way and you're not getting anything out of it and you're going to keep giving it's just very self-destructive and it's confusing right because when you don't show up for your blood you feel guilty you feel like why am I doing this I am a horrible person I should be this I wish I was a better child I wish I was better a better sibling and it doesn't help anybody so sometimes you really have to take a step back and say are these people really worth it are they worth my space, my sense of self, my health? And you're going to feel a lot of guilt by, you know, removing yourself from them. But sometimes it takes that process in order for you to get better. And that's when you start to learn how to prioritize yourself, especially within your family. Absolutely. So I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. And thank you for clarifying uh, the piece about uh, the parents, um, because I believe in forgive, but you do not need to forget. And I truly believe that forgiveness is for the self. I don't think you need to tell your parent that you forgive them. I don't even think that forgiveness is one of those things where you don't acknowledge what was done to you. Hmm. I think forgiveness is letting letting whatever that pain is, releasing it from your heart and from your spirit. That's what forgiveness is for me. But I absolutely believe set that boundaries, cut them ties, burn that bridge. Like you do not need to to keep that relationship if it no longer suits you. So thank you for for clarifying that because I I definitely that wasn't the message I was trying to <laughs> try to send. And um, I will say for for from somebody who I've confronted my parents on the ways that they have fucked up. And they have adamantly basically said that they didn't fuck up and I'm never going to get an apology. I'm never going to get an acknowledgement of the ways that they fell short. Um, I promise you the resentment, the tears, the pain with a good therapist, with doing the work, it will get easier. If you put in the effort to heal that pain, you're never going to get the apology, but at least you won't carry that pain in your heart anymore. So because I, I, I think I chose blood is not thicker than water for that purpose specifically, because you can make your family. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be blood. Right. So you can get better by choosing people who show up different for, differently for you and show up the way you need and deserve. Absolutely. Um, and I that was actually on my list that um, sometimes you got to make your own family. This actually leads me to, to something that I wish really that I really wish somebody would have sat me down and made me comfortable with. Um, when you are cre- like when you're even going through this process, it feels very risky because you, you already have it feels like you have so much to lose. And I think that 
a lot of us will avoid making changes because of the fact that it feels so risky because you can't you can't withstand another heartbreak you can't withstand someone else disappointing you um and it's it's hard to go out and create these things the way like i had said like you can create your family right or you can be angry because like we don't know what it is that's going to be on the other end of that so i really want to make it a point to let people know that taking risks is a good thing yes you might fall flat on your face and i think i need to hear this one right now yes you might fall flat on your face you might fuck up you might hurt others you might get hurt it might not be the picture perfect ideal that you have been fantasizing about in your mind because your life hasn't been that good right but it's so worth taking the risk because you won't have regret one of my my favorite quotes is uh by Trevor Noah in his book Born a Crime he did like a a post summary of each chapter and in one of those chapters um he, he wrote a beautiful quote on regret. He said, I don't regret anything I've ever done in my life, any choice that I've made, but I'm consumed with regret for the things I didn't do, the choices I didn't make, the things I didn't say. We spend so much time being afraid of failure, afraid of rejection, but regret is the thing we should fear most. Failure is an answer. Rejection is an answer. Regret is an eternal question you will never have the answer to. What if, if only, I wonder what would have, you will never know, and it will haunt you for the rest of your days. When I read that, I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm taking risks. Because that that feeling of being haunted, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah, that's a good one. Because um, I, I had written a bunch of things I wish I was told, but I only chose specific ones for the podcast and one of the things that I was going to say take all of the opportunities life has to give you like jump on them shit <laughs> like yeah. literally like go on that trip study abroad ask that person out that you think is out of your league like yep. do it take all that risk. because you yes yes absolutely so I love that Trevor Noah you fine and you smart mm, <laughs> he has cute dimples <laughs> <laughs> And the last, the last thing that I have for you all is something you may know, something you may not know, and if you don't know it, you may not want to hear it, but it's the truth. You know that we always talk the truth here on this podcast. You don't heal 100% from trauma. It never leaves you, and you don't ever forget. But you do learn to grow around it. So I want to be clear that this does not mean that your traumas will haunt you forever. It doesn't mean that you will think about it all day, every day. It means that sometimes it's going to come up in unexpected ways. But when you've, when you've healed, right, when you've done the work around it, you just implement your healthy coping strategies and you find your inner peace and you know that you're going to be okay. So an example would be like, let's say, you know, that negative voice in your head creeps up on you. You'll still hear it and boom, automatically you will reframe your thoughts. Or when you start to feel that anxiety in your body, you remember, let me do a meditation so I can learn to relax and tell my body that it is okay. So it doesn't mean that it always goes away. It just means that you have learned to deal with it in ways that are healthy for you. 
and that you won't perpetuate it and continue to pass down your traumas. So I love that uh, to end this list that we're giving out here because yes, there's a lot that we weren't told and there's a lot that we had to endure because of that. And there's a lot that is going to forever look different. You're never going to have that ideal life, right? You're never going to have that fantasy in your mind. And it is a fantasy. And that's okay. I think that when you get to a point where you recognize and accept that trauma is always going to have an effect on you, that's when you can start seeing the good side of it, right? That's when you start seeing the silver lining to it. Like, yo, I'm hella resilient. Yo, I'm fucking strong. Yo, I'm smart. I can spot out that this person's a bad... I, I can spot that this person's a piece of shit and other people can't see it. I told y'all, right? Um, mm-hmm. and Or in our case, like it makes us good at what we do. We work with people. Mm-hmm. We see mm-hmm. things that other people don't see. So, you know, and I don't mean like... Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and it's, I'm not happy I went through it, right? But as I'm learning more about it and I'm learning to accept that this is just what is, it... There's always something good that comes out of it that other people don't have. Right. Instead of fighting it, you go with it. And that makes life a lot easier. Yep. Yeah. Well, y'all, that was our list (laughs) of things we wish we were told. We hope that you learned a lot of lessons. I feel like not for nothing, y'all, but I'm going to come back and listen to this episode. Like me. And I was part of it. I'm going to come back and listen to this episode. <laughs> I love that. I love that, though. <laughs> um, self-love. So, yes, yes. You know, sometimes you need a reminder. Um, so, yes. Uh, thank you all for listening. We hope that you enjoy this episode. We hope that you learned. And we hope that you take the lessons that we are sharing with you every week, not just today, uh, with you. So, uh, make sure to follow us on instagram at never told this pod and tiktok at never told this pod also make sure to email us at never told this pod at gmail.com if you you know just want to check in tell us how we're doing tell us how this episode impacted you and don't forget to come back next week so we can tell you what they never told us